0: I'm Scott Annuel, and you're listening to Remembering Zion, Setting Minds on Things Above. In this segment of my By the Waters of Babylon podcast, I am highlighting various resources that help us to set our affections on things that are above. For the first several weeks, I am reading through excerpts from my book, Sound Worship, a guide to making musical choices in a noisy world. You can purchase this book on amazon.com or anywhere books are sold. There's also a teacher's edition that accompanies this book and integrates sound worship with my first book, Worship in Song, and allows a teacher to guide the students through sound worship while using resources from Worship in Song, other information, discussion questions, etc., in a small group, classroom, or homeschooling setting. In this episode, I'll be reading the first half of chapter four, which addresses the question of musical meaning how should we evaluate our musical choices? I hope this is a help to you, and thank you again for listening. Chapter 4. How should we evaluate musical communication? There is nothing unchristian or anti-christian about any kind of music. So says Harold Best, Dean Emeritus of Music at Wheaton College. He later re emphasized that the Christian is free of the moral nothingness of music. This is not an uncommon sentiment among Christians today. In fact, it is probably the most common belief of modern Christians. But does this view that music is completely neutral stand against the teachings of Scripture and an understanding of the science of music? Musical communication in the Bible. Many proponents of the neutrality of music argue that since the Bible does not explicitly say that music communicates, then it does not. Not only is this a faulty view of biblical interpretation and application, but also the Bible does imply musical communication in several instances. Worship that sounds like war. One of the first examples in scripture of music communicating a recognizable message is in Exodus 32. Moses is on Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments from the Lord with Joshua waiting just down the way. After receiving the tables of the law, Moses and Joshua begin to make their way back down the mountain to the camp of the Israelites. As they near the camp, Joshua hears a noise. There is a noise of war in the camp he tells Moses as he likely reaches for his sword, but Moses knows better. You see, before returning down the mountain, the Lord himself had told Moses that his people had turned from him and begun worshiping an idol. Moses knows that what Joshua heard with his younger ears was not the sound of war, but the sound of worship. Worship of Yahweh using pagan methods. This is not the sound of victory or defeat in war. This is music. But what is important for our purposes is that the music that the Israelites were using in their worship communicated a very clear message to Joshua, a message of chaos and turmoil, a message Joshua associated with war. This account does not explicitly teach anything about music per se, but it does imply that music can communicate messages, and therefore very strongly suggest certain associations to our minds. Refreshing the Spirit Perhaps the most well-known passage about the effects of music is 1 Samuel 16, 1-23. King Saul has disobeyed God and forfeited the throne, and David has been anointed king of Israel. In verse 14 we read, Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. Notice the contrast between two kinds of spirits, the spirit of the Lord and a harmful spirit from the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is definitely the Holy Spirit and most likely refers to the special anointing that God's earthly representatives enjoyed in the Old Testament economy. Once Saul lost his right to be king, that special anointing of the Holy Spirit left him. In place of the Holy Spirit, Saul is now overcome with a harmful spirit from the Lord. There is some disagreement over exactly what this spirit was. Some take the position that this was a demonic spirit that tormented Saul, and that is a possibility. But since this spirit is from the Lord— it is more likely that this spirit refers to a mental or emotional condition. In other words, spirit refers to Saul's own spirit. The phrase could be translated, Saul was overcome by a troubled spirit from the Lord. In other words, in place of his special anointing upon Saul, God caused Saul to be overcome with a disturbed emotional condition. So Saul is experiencing some kind of troubled emotional state that worries his servants and motivates them to look for a solution. His servants know that troubled emotions can often be soothed through calming, beautiful music, and so Paul sends for David to play upon his harp. And as David played, Saul's spirit was refreshed. What this passage implies is that music can communicate messages to our spirits, to our emotions, in such a way that it actually changes our emotions. When we are experiencing a depressed or troubled emotional condition, music that communicates peace and serenity can soothe us and change our emotions. Instrumental emotion. The Bible contains several other passages that imply musical communication. Job thirty thirty one, therefore my harp is tuned to mourning, and my flute to the sound of those who weep. Isaiah sixteen eleven, therefore my heart intones like a harp for Moab, and my inward feelings for Kir Hareseth. Jeremiah forty eight thirty six, therefore my heart wails for Moab like flutes. My heart also wails like flutes for the men of Kir Harris. In other words, the Bible uses the sounds of musical instruments as metaphors to describe certain emotional states. A harp can be played to sound like human mourning or weeping, or a flute can be played to communicate wailing and other troubled emotions. These are emotions that all people in all times and places share. Emotional metaphor So the Bible, in several places, implies that instrumental music without words, can communicate emotional messages. But it does not tell us what kinds of music communicates certain messages or even how it works. To discover how and what music communicates, we must look to the science of music itself. Music is a medium of communication. In particular, music communicates by means of emotional metaphor. In other words, by using symbols, music can communicate various moods and emotions. Symbols are essentially associations. X is like Y, and so X can represent Y. My love is like a red-red rose because my love reminds me of the beauty and delicacy of a rose, and therefore I associate my beautiful, delicate love with a rose. In a sense, all musical communication is based on association. The music is not emotion. It is merely symbols of emotion. It does not create emotion. It expresses ideas of emotion. Music communicates certain moods and emotions to us because we associate its symbols with various emotional states. Conventional association Some symbolism is purely association with man-made conventions. The colors red, white, and blue Possess no inherent association with American patriotism, but since they are the colors of our flag, such colors possess symbolic representation of pride in our nation. Raising your arm at a straight 45 degree angle in front of your body does not possess inherent association with fascism and tyranny, but because such a bodily gesture was the Nazi salute to Hitler, it carries with it symbolic representation of terrible times. Some musical communication occurs because of these kinds of conventional associations. Sometimes these associations are true for particular individuals or small groups. Other times these associations exist for entire cultures or time periods. Sometimes, such associations eventually fade away, while in some few cases, they last for a long period of time. This is the honey-they're-playing-our-song phenomenon. For instance, the final section of Rossini's overture to the opera William Tell is often associated with a masked lone ranger riding his horse, Silver. There is nothing, of course, inherent to this music without lyrics to automatically suggest such a picture, but because those musical phrases were used as the theme for the Lone Ranger show, we associate those musical symbols with such images. I once heard of an American missionary in Great Britain who used Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken one Sunday in a service. As soon as the hymn began, an older British gentleman stood up in a huff and stormed out of the room. Later, the missionary discovered that the man was a World War II veteran who associated the tune of that song, which was the tune of the German national anthem, with the Nazis who had ruthlessly bombed his country. There was nothing inherent to the tune to offend the gentleman. He simply associated it with terrible times from the past. Natural Association On the other hand, some symbolism is natural association. Dark clouds naturally signify a storm because they naturally accompany a storm. A symbol of a lightning bolt naturally signifies electricity because it is the shape naturally associated with electricity. A frown naturally signifies sadness because it naturally accompanies the feeling of sadness in order for symbolic meaning to be natural the association between the symbol and the object must occur naturally in human experience some musical communication occurs because of these kinds of natural associations Combinations of dynamics, tone colors, rhythms, and tempos can combine to mimic the natural way we feel inwardly or physically respond outwardly when we experience certain emotional states. For instance, there is a reason Pachelbel's canon in D major is played on peaceful, serene occasions like the prelude to a wedding, and not before a football game. The musical symbols naturally communicate peace and serenity, not pep and excitement, because they mimic how we feel when we are peaceful. There is a reason Sousa marches are played at football games and not at weddings. The musical symbols naturally communicate rousing enthusiasm appropriate for a sporting event and not a marriage ceremony. There is a reason a Pink Floyd song is going to be played at a strip club and not Pachelbel's Canon or a Sousa March. The musical symbols naturally communicate the kinds of feelings occurring there. Perhaps the best illustration of this kind of natural symbolic communication in music is with film scores. Certain musical scores are composed from movie scenes based on the kinds of moods and emotions the producers wanted to enhance with the given scene, and they know that such communication will occur with any audience— regardless of age, demographic, nationality, gender, or culture, because all humans share basic emotional and physical makeup. When movies are shown in different countries, the spoken language changes, but the music doesn't. Music is often referred to as heightened speech. Musical forms evolved over time as more complex forms of natural emotional intonation— In other words, there is a natural connection between musical communication and what naturally occurs with our voices as we experience certain emotional states. In this way, natural symbols are transcultural, because every man shares a culture of humanity. So how does this help us with our musical choices? Specific musical styles or individual songs always possess some natural meaning and often possess various conventional meanings, both by way of symbolic association. At the very heart of all musical meaning is the natural meaning it communicates by way of its association with universal, common human experience. But built upon that natural meaning are various conventional associations. Often such conventional associations will correspond to the natural meaning— as with the natural expressions of peacefulness communicated by Pachelbel's Canon that give rise to the conventional association of that particular piece with weddings or such as the natural expressions of sexuality communicated by Pink Floyd that give rise to the conventional associations of that music to immoral living sometimes however conventional associations can contradict and override natural associations for instance Although the tune, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken, naturally communicates noble moods because of its natural association with how we feel when we are proud or stately, its conventional association with Nazi Germany created new meaning during World War II that overpowered the positive meaning that was quite negative. In summary... Music communicates through symbolic associations, and such associations can be either conventional or natural, depending upon whether or not they correspond to something that occurs naturally in all human experience. Add a lyric to a musical selection, and we now have two additional layers of meaning, the obvious content of the text and the poetic mood. What must be remembered here is that symbolic meaning— In this case, music, if it is natural, always trumps the text. For instance, if I were to approach my wife with a frown, furrowed brow, and loud tone of voice, natural symbols of anger, and say to her, I love you, my negative body language and tone of voice would surely overpower the potential positive meaning of the statement. At very least, she would think I was making some kind of joke. For very practical purposes of making musical choices in our lives, it really doesn't matter whether musical communication is conventional or natural. The important question to ask as you make musical choices is, what does that music communicate on an emotional level? Does it sound sad? Does it sound happy? Does it sound chaotic? Does it sound sexual? But even in asking questions like these, we need to be careful not to limit emotional meaning to only the broad categories signified by words like joy, love, or aggression. Remember, mere words are inadequate to perfectly express the nuances of emotion, since even within a category like joy, there are lots of different kinds of joy. We must not only ask, what does that music communicate? We must also ask, what kind of joy or love or aggression does it communicate? You've been listening to chapter four of Sound Worship, a guide to making musical choices in a noisy world. I'll finish this chapter in the next episode. This is Remembering Zion, Setting Minds on Things Above. I'm Scott Daniel.